Let's pray. Lord, I want to pray that you would um, just um, kind of touch our hearts with something of your heart today, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for your heart that, that reaches out to us, that searches us out wherever we are. And, um, and I pray that that would be infectious, that we would know that we are loved and you would give us that desire to love others in response. Amen. Um, kind of this is a bit of an introduction to what we're doing in the first half of this term, kind of as well as today's talk. Um, and kind of we're going to be taking some time to consider, uh, if I could have the next slide, who we are. Uh, we're going to be looking at kind of three qualities that we believe not that we want to define St. Matt's, we do want them to define St. Matt's, but actually we genuinely believe do define kind of what we are, kind of in the depth of our being as a group of people. Welcoming, generosity, service. Um, it's about six years since we've taught about our values uh, as a church. Um, and the talks we did then kind of sit under values and vision on the website. And I'd encourage you to listen to them. I wouldn't want to take anything away from any of those values. Um, kind of they're, they're, they're very much about what we believe, uh, about the importance of the word of God, of the Holy Spirit, of the cross, of worship, of God's presence, of love. Um, I just want to repeat, they're just as important uh, now as they were when we shared them kind of six years ago. Um, but we found ourselves kind of at a leaders away day, kind of thinking, what is it, if we were to talk about our values as a church, what would be the things that would really matter to us in the depth of our being? And there are a lot of things, as you were here in a moment, that we came up with. But it feels to me like these three headings sum up the heart of what we want to be as people. Um, you know, not the things we believe in, but what we want to be. As people, um, kind of, if you've been around St. Matt's any length of time, um, you will be aware of this. If you're new, it might help you kind of make a bit more sense of what we're doing. We've been on a journey over the last few years as we've kind of prepared to become an independent parish. For lots of people that work at St. Matt, live at the worship at St. Matt's, you probably thought, but weren't we always independent? Kind of, we were, but we weren't legally. And it kind of, We've become a new charity, we've become an independent parish. A lot of things have changed legally, and it's made us think that's a good time to review what we do and why we do it, and think a little bit more deeply about that. And so, kind of, we've been on a journey over the last few years. I suppose it began with our church weekend, not last year, but the year before, when we gave it the title Reimagining Church. We kind of looked at the community we're in, we looked at the relationships we have as a church, we looked at what is important to us as a church. And, and some exciting stuff came out of that, the hubs that we're doing and some of the other changes. It kind of it lay a foundation and gave a lot of us a chance to say, what really matters. Um, and then last year, kind of, we actually became this new parish. Um, and as I said, it kind of, it, it focuses the mind. Um, we didn't just want it to be kind of a legal change and then business as usual. We wanted to really use it to kind of make us think, 
well, what's important to us as a church? What we should we be doing as a church? Um, and kind of, that's a process that's very much ongoing. Part of that process was gathering the PCC, our church council, um, and our leadership team together um, for kind of a leaders away day. And we got a guy called Andy Wooding-Jones to come and just help us think through what we do, but also more importantly, um, why we do it. Um, just, could we have the next slide? Um, you can't read any of that. Um, that's the gist of the brainstorming we did on that day about the stuff that we actually do. There's so much stuff on the slide, you can't put it kind of in words that are legible. Kind of as a church, there's an awful lot of things that we physically do. I didn't put it up so you could read it. I put it up to make the point. There's an awful lot of stuff that goes on. If you want to read it, I can email it to you. Um, but, um, and it's under different headings because we were thinking about worship, about ministry, and about mission. And kind of loosely speaking, the different colours represent those areas, which kind of gives you a bit of an idea too, a kind of about what we're about. But we didn't just want to think about the things we did. We also wanted to think about why we do those things. And kind of the heart of that is thinking about well, what are we really called to as a church? Uh, and what are, our thi- what are the things that matter to us? Kind of the things that are non-negotiables for us. Uh, and so kind of we did an awful lot of brainstorming kind of over that day. And kind of when you pray, would you continue to pray for the leadership team and the PCC? We're gathering together for a joint meeting um, in Monday week. Um, uh, and kind of the, pro- the purpose of that meeting is to take the brainstorming we did um, kind of on that leader's day um, and kind of start to turn it into kind of a plan for what we should be doing in the future. Kind of short-term planning over the next year, medium-term planning over three years, longer-term planning over five years or so. Kind of what are the things that we should be, what are the things that, you know, out of what's important to us, what should we... How does that inform what we should be doing um, in the future? So would you please pray for us as we kind of take that on? And we're going to be sharing with you kind of what comes out of that um, in the coming weeks. So kind of it's a bit of a watch this space situation. Um, but when we started to think about what our values were, what, why we do it, what we're called to, what our values are, again, there are a number of kind of key things that came out, some of which I think are key to every Christian and every church, you know, kind of the great commission um, and the great commandment, you know, love God, love one another. Um, but there's also a sense that we all have individual callings on our lives and a sense perhaps we could be exploring what is our calling on us. Um, as a church. So what makes us St. Matt's? Um, and these were just some of the things that kind of people said when we were talking about what we felt called to, to make Christ known. Um, you know, we want to be about Jesus. That's why our, um, our kind of strap line is igniting passion for Jesus. Um, and kind of what Steve shared just sums that up in a way. You know, he gave us yeah, if you wonder, what on earth does it mean to ignite passion for Jesus? Actually, wasn't, didn't he just put that in picture language? Yeah, of stoking a fire, of stoking embers, of expecting the spirit to empower us 
Um, and for that passion to be something that is contagious, you know, as we're seeing horrifically in Australia at this time, fire spreads. And that's what the fire of the spirit in our lives is meant to do. It's meant to, it's meant to empower us, but it's meant to be contagious to serve God. To serve our community, to love, to care for each other. Um, we believe that every member of the body has a part to play in God's purposes. And so we want to release God's gifting into every member of the body's lives. And at the heart of it all, we believe what really matters is what God is doing. And we want to be part of that. We want his presence. And these were just some of the things that people shared when we were talking about what we were called to. Let me get on to our values. Um, Some wise person or cheeky person, when we we said, what are our values? I think the first person, the first thing that got shouted out was coffee. I'm not sure whether that is our values or whether that's just the vicar's obsession. Um, but, um, But actually the stuff that followed was actually much more kind of key. And you probably can't read it. I'll just run through the things that are there. Um, being Jesus or Christ-centered, um, hospitality, caring, being inclusive, accepting, non-judgmental, um, a, being a safe place where people can kind of flourish as Christians, uh, being a family, kind of informality, being kind of just natural about what we do and how we do it, um, kind of being a worshipping people, uh, enabling and nurturing gifts, teaching the word, the importance of the Holy Spirit and of prayer, being a community, being real, having integrity. Um, and these were just some of the things that came out. And um, some of them are already, as I've said, we've gone into detail in on the website, in the talks that are already there. But we wanted to group the rest of those values together under these three headings. Go to the next slide. Welcoming, generosity and serving. Um, and um, we're going to begin today with the first of those, welcoming. So that's the introduction over. Um, this is the talk. Um, I know, it's terrible, isn't it? I don't get any... Actually, that's not bad. I've done that in seven minutes. That is not bad. I've still got time to talk. That's good. Did I hear someone clapping? Cursing? Okay. Okay, what welcoming... What, 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 why does this matter? Welcoming isn't just about what happens um, at the church door. Um, I'm very sensitive about what I say now. I'm sensitive for a number of reasons. Uh, one of them is I know that if we talk about being welcoming as a community, if you don't feel welcome, it kind of rubs salt in the wound. I'm also really sensitive that when I talk about welcoming, I mean more than what happens kind of at the door of the church with a welcome team. I equally, though, don't want that welcome team to feel undervalued. (laughs) So I'm aware that I'm potentially on dangerous territory, that for everything positive I might say, I might potentially kind of just rub salt in the wound for somebody else. Um, and I really mean it. It's, you know, welcome at the door is important. Um, how people are treated when they arrive for worship is really important. 
And that means that actually the people that do that role, kind of, yeah, it's it's often an unseen role, you know, um, but actually it's a really important one. Um, And kind of in a way, within kind of welcome at the door, all those three values that I've been talking about interconnect. Um, What happens at the door does model welcome. How we are when people walk in is modelling it in an outward way. We don't just want to say hello, we want to make people feel welcome. Um, We also want it to model generosity. It's why we never charge for drinks and things like that. We want people to feel kind of loved and cared for. We're here because of God's generosity and what God's given us. And we want to model it um, in what we do. And it also models service. You know, there's a real kind of a willingness to serve kind of for everyone that that is on that team. Um, And so kind of what happens at the door is really important. Um, But actually the welcome I'm talking about is more than what happens on the door. It's about an attitude of heart. It's a much deeper and a much more profound thing than that. What happens on the door ought to be an expression of what's in the heart. It's what's in the heart that I really want to talk about. Go the next. Brilliant. No, sorry. You, had it. you already had it, Josh. Thank you. I'm just overwhelmed by your efficiency. Um, you know where I'm going, even if I don't know where I'm going. It's very impressive, Josh. Um, yeah. Um, so it's not, and again, welcome isn't just the business of the welcome team. It should be all of our concerns. Um, Welcome at the door needs to be an outworking of welcome in the heart. So kind of why does this matter? Come to the next slide, thanks. Um, It matters because, and it's why it's a thing of the heart, is it's because it's part of God's heart and God's nature to welcome. Um, It's the heart of God. And and I would venture to say that the parable that Sandra read for us today, it's one of three parables. The introduction actually is to all three. Um, We missed out the lost sheep and the lost coin that come in between the introduction uh, and the parable that Sandra read for us, which is all about the prodigal or the lost son. Kind of, I would venture to say that this is my favorite story of Jesus. Um... And I suspect I'm not alone in identifying at different times in my life with the different characters in the story. Um, I felt, and still do at times, like the younger son. Totally undeserving of God's love. Kind of, at times, with a sense of having made such a mess of my life... I could hardly possibly believe God could want anything to do with me. Um, And and I suspect there, if we were to go around the room, there's probably, I I doubt there's anyone here that hasn't had that feeling at one time or another. Um, I've behaved to my shame like the older brother. Um, Kind of my attitude to others has been far too much like his at times in my life. Um, and I, and I kind of, when I think now about things that I've said in the past, um, 
I kind of shudder to think about it because actually it has more in common with the Pharisees than it does with Jesus. Um, I love what Omri Nguyen writes in his book about this parable when he says, actually, we should all be wanting to become like the father. Um, and kind of often we identify with the sons for good or for ill, and we don't realize that there's a progression. Often when we, kind of be, when we, when we are first exploring Christian faith, we feel very much like that younger son. When we become Christians and when we get established in life, the whole trouble with Christianity is it is a relationship with God, but it is also a faith or a religion. And it's very easy to get religious and proud and kind of think we've got it all sorted out and end up more akin to the Pharisees um, and the older brother than anything else. But actually what Orin Nguyen says is actually the father, which is a picture of God, is what we should all become like. We who receive generosity, we who receive the welcome of the kingdom, should become those that give the welcome of the kingdom. Um, that's God's heart. Uh, and he wants it to become our heart. And ultimately, it's the father I'm drawn to. Um, we often talk, you know, if you want to know what God's like, look at Jesus. And kind of that's a hard thing because God is Trinity. You know, he is three people in but one. Um, if we want to know what the Father is like, this is a great place to begin. What's the heart of Father God like? This Father sees the Son long before the Son gets home. And that tells me something about the Father. The Father never stops looking. Um, if you feel like you are a long way away from God today, and this isn't the, the thrust of my talk, but actually it's really important. If you feel like you're a long way away from God, if you feel like you have messed up in your life um, and you couldn't face God, um, even though you want to be restored, if that's how you feel, hear this. He has never stopped looking for you. The reason he sees the sun coming down the road is because he's looking down the road day after day after day because the longing of the father's heart is that his youngest son would be restored to him and would come home. And that's how he feels about you. That's how he feels about us. He's looking. While he was still far off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. When I'm prepping, I've often got my iPad open. It's open for most of my life, actually. You wouldn't want to know my screen time on an iPad. It is very... I, don't, I wish Apple wouldn't tell me. I'm going to have to kind of stop that. I don't like to know how many hours I spend on it. But on my Bible app, I have the, um, I have the NIV on one side and the message on the other. And I often kind of flick back and to between them. Um, kind of the NIV says he was filled with compassion. The message puts it like this. His heart was pounding. You know that feeling when something really matters to you? Your heart pounds? That's how God feels about us. That's how God feels about you.
Um, and what follows is frightfully non-Hebrew. This is, an, this is a Middle Eastern culture where the elderly, unlike ours, I might say, are respected. They have dignity, you know. Um, they wear robes that kind of mark them out of people of dignity. They are honoured. Um, and the father forgets about his dignity and he runs down the road to greet the son. And again, isn't that an amazing picture of the heart and the compassion of God? The father runs to us. He's not waiting for people to come in. He's running to where they are. And his arms are thrown around the son. He's embraced. He's welcomed back in. And everything else that follows about, is about how that happens. Um, the feasting and all of the rest of it. Don't hear anything else. Hear this. This is what our God is like. This is the heart of our Father. This is why welcoming um, is an attitude of the heart. And it's what it's like. Um, and kind of when we kind of talked as a leadership team and as a, as, a, and as a PCC, I was just thrilled because actually people were saying the same thing. What they loved about the fact, what, about St. Matt's, was the fact that it was accepting and welcoming. I'm not saying this isn't what we are and what, it's what we need to become. It is what we are, but it's what we need to grow in. Um, so what does that mean? What does it actually look like? Um, this parable doesn't just talk about um, a father that welcomes. Can I have the next side? It also talks about a son who welcomes. And that's why I had the, intentionally the introduction to these parables read. Because it tells us why Jesus told these stories. Uh, and I'll read it this time from the message version. By this time, a lot of men and women of doubtful reputation were hanging around Jesus, listening intently. The Pharisees and the religious scholars were not pleased, not at all pleased. They growled, he takes in sinners and eats with them, treating them like old friends. Their grumbling triggered this story. Um, if you've ever felt ever so slightly disreputable, or kind of been very aware that possibly you've got a bit of a doubtful character, um, kind of this is for you. This is the people he's talking about. The religious, and there's a warning for all of us, because that's what we are, we are religious, are outraged that he welcomes sinners. Jesus welcomes everyone. He welcomes all of us. Uh, and that is what I would long for for us as a church. To be a place where everyone feels welcome. Where everyone feels accepted. Whether of whatever race, colour, gender, sexuality. Um, that we'll be a place where everyone feels accepted and welcome. Um, one of the things I love about St. Matt's, every time again we get a blip and it doesn't quite work out as you would want it to, I love the fact that if we were to go around this room, I suspect we would find just about every perspective imaginable. Um, politically, 
Uh, I'm not going to do a hands on this because it could be a very dangerous thing to do. I suspect there are people here that voted for all three political parties. Don't look around the room and plan to murder anyone near you, please. You know? And I suspect we all did it out of what we believe as Christians. You know? For differing reasons, we were drawn to vote in different ways. And our faith was at the heart of that. You know, I love the fact that we can be a church, that, that actually you haven't got to believe one thing or act in one way, but actually our faith in Jesus can override all of that, and we can accept people that see things differently. I have been part of conversations when people have not responded in that way, and some people have had their heads bitten off unfairly. That grieves me greatly, because actually when people vote differently or act differently, sometimes we need to hear they have a reason why they do it. I also love the fact, this is more contentious still, that if we were to do the same thing theologically, we would find that we embrace a massive perspective theologically about people's belief. You know, it would be, at the heart of it, it would be based on the authority of the word of God and the person of Jesus. But actually, a lot of what we would believe, there would be a massive breadth, particularly about some of the big issues we face in society at this time, like the gender issues and the sexuality issues and all of that stuff. That actually, but I, I love the fact that as a church family, we can embrace difference, that there doesn't have to be a church line that you have to sign up to to be part of this place. Um, and um, if you're looking for a church line that you can sign up to, you might, have be, you might be in the wrong place. Because I will never be offering that church line. Um, the heart of this story is about people that are broken, in every way imaginable, finding a welcome at the feet of Jesus. Um, and uh, I've got a queue of children out there, and I should have finished ten minutes ago on that ground. Um, Actually, I'm not. I'm all right. I'm on time. I'm only 23 minutes into my talk. Come on, this is short. <laughs> I would love to talk to you about sociological set theory. I haven't got time to do it. I have spoken about it before. If you can remember it, you can come back and tell me what it's all about. It is really important. Sociological set theory is all about whether, how you are part of a group. Um, whether you are in or whether you are out. And a lot of faith grace groups are all about believing certain things to belong. And you can see this in the story. There are the Pharisees that believe the right things and they think that is what matters. There is the older son who has been faithful to his father and has never left his father's side and done everything right, has been completely loyal and yet is horrified about the return of his younger brother and his father's acceptance of him. And there are the people that people turn their noses up that are drawn to Jesus. Or there's the younger son in the story who walks away from the father but wants to come back. Um, and set theory is about, closed sets are about whether you're in or you're out. Open sets are about what direction you are moving in. You see, if you look at the older son, he couldn't be any closer to the father. But does he reflect the father's heart? If you look at the younger son, he couldn't have been much further away from the father. But what direction is he traveling in? 
And actually, what I believe is important isn't where we stand. It's about the direction of travel. Are we getting closer to Jesus or are we moving away from Jesus? And the welcome we want to give is to everyone in the hope that they might want to get closer to Jesus. Let's pray.